That's not how a hair dryer sounds. <laughs> a hair dryer is more like a. <laughs> nope. Nope. Let me try nope. again. Nope. <laughs> nope. Sort of. Nope. I mean, that's a little bit better. A hair dryer. A, a hair dryer is. <laughs> that's. Dude, that's a. You are. You are natural at picking <laughs> just random mundane objects uh, around the house. I know. It's the stupidest <laughs> skill to have. Dude, it's the best for a dungeon master, though. Yeah. It's the best. It does come in handy uh, when I'm running games. It's Sunday, November 8th, 2015, and you're listening to episode 27 of Roll Up and Die. There it is. Looks like you got some kind of alternate universe in there or something. Oh, so uh, are you guys? You guys are recording, right? Yeah, I just started. Yeah. Oh God, Alex! I know. We always miss the funniest parts. <laughs> because <laughs> I wasn't expecting banter this early, dude. When the Beatles went to Abbey Road, right when they walked in the building, bro hit the record button. That's a true story. <laughs> I'm not sure I believe you. No, it's actually a true story. They recorded the entire session from when they walked into the, to the building to when they left because yeah, they never knew that, what they were yeah. gonna find. I guess it makes sense with someone like the Beatles. I would know because I am a Beatle. Am a Beatle. A Beatle. <laughs> I know. We went to it. We went to a, a. My dad took me to see. Um, it was the Who. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but the the awesome thing about it was that you know the drummer was going to be Ringo Starr is what we saw and we were like, what? That's crazy. Let's go really? see the Who. Hmm. Yeah. Well, let me finish the story. Yeah. We get there, and the bro on the drums looks exactly like Ringo Starr. Like, and and I'm not. I don't mean like like Ringo Starr today. What I mean is like oh. Ringo Starr from the '60s. Uh. Okay. <laughs> and then what we, <laughs> yeah, what we do, or excuse me, what we what we realize is that by the end of the concert, that this guy's name is Zach Starkey, who is. <laughs> Ringo Starr's son. Oh. Yeah. But the entire time we're like, dude, this guy is aging like a dream. This guy is a god. <laughs> he doesn't look a day older than he did when they recorded. What happens is as each beetle dies, one of the remaining ones gets younger. That's what Oh, happens. he absorbs their life force. That's right. He's a, he's like a lich. Is that would that be a lich? I don't think uh, that'd be a lich. I mean, liches can absorb that'd be a new one life force into their phylactery but i don't i don't think that liches would be interested in looking younger necessarily not to he, get younger like that yeah yeah he just looks and says just need a little help from my friends <laughs> <laughs> oh, i got God. blisters on my fingers <laughs> and, and somehow yoko continues to live yeah the ultimate lich <laughs> <laughs> oh man i need to write uh, that i need to write that that sounds like a fate game that sounds like an idea you can steal yoko ono actual lich <laughs> yeah. has to be a tra- time travel one though they have to go back in time yeah to try and prevent her from breaking the breaking up the beatles <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um 
So I don't have a segue for this, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a completely completely different thing. But um, well, time travel is kind of plain in your life. Well, I'm talking yeah. about something different. I'm talking about different type oh. of travel. I'm talking about starfighter travel because my wife today brought home. She she works with someone that uh, does actual drafting, like with drafting paper and designs and stuff like yep. that. Mm-hmm. Right. And he knows that she's a big Star Wars fan, and that so am I. And so he did designs of all the X of X wings. Mm-hmm. Oh, neat! Uh, Prince and the YT thirteen hundred. Oh man! Mm-hmm. And so those are about to be, and they're on drafting paper, and we're gonna frame those things and put them up in oh, the wall. Dude, that is so cool! I know. Oh man, that's really cool. <laughs> oh god, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a picture, and I'm gonna not post it in the show notes like I say I'm going to all the time. Instead, <laughs> I'm just gonna send it to you guys. That sounds great. That sounds great. Yeah. You need to get one him to do the to do an A wing for me, man. That would make my life. Dude, yeah, I love that you love A wings. I, I love that because A wings are A-wings. so badass. They're so cool. They're they're fast. They're <laughs> super fast, dude. Yeah, they're like the hot rod of Rebel Starfighter. They have the neon lights <laughs> yes. on the bottoms. Yes, and, and they then have you the the hydraulics, so they can go. <laughs> 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 Yep, exactly. And if you if you fly next to one, all you hear is you just hear. And he rolls down the window. And he like gives you a look like and then he just speeds like, wait, away. Wait, hold on, wait. What was the look like? This is all audio. What do you look like? Oh, I did. I dude, I straight up did a look too like like you can see me. Like I can you can you describe the look to me? The look is like is kind of sideways, and it's kind of a look like you know you wish you were me, kind of like out of the just out of the corner of your eye. Oh, oh like, yeah, I, I see you, I see you, I am my ride, and then he just <laughs> kicks in the he put you know punches the throttle and just <laughs> just flies away. And you're sitting there, you're sitting there in your Z ninety five headhunter that your dad gave you, and you're just like, oh man. <laughs> And then the the dust is of the hyperdrive is just kind of blowing in your in your windshield. <laughs> too bad, too bad. Disney removed all that expanded universe stuff, man. Yeah, man, that was my, that was my favorite. Was the the A wing with the hydraulics? That was great. <laughs> oh, Did either of you guys come across the article? Someone had a theory about that uh, Jar Jar Binks is actually the, the high <laughs> yes. Sith Lord. Yeah. Yes, that I was did read awesome. That, that was really that. Funny. I, it was very clever. I, yeah. I have to admit, and you know, I, it it, uh, it it would be an interesting twist on on that whole thing. If, yeah. Uh, and and he, but the, the, one of the points he made that was really good is the Yoda that you saw in uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back when he's you know just in in the swamp, you know, trying to steal food from you know Luke and all that, and yeah. he's this whimsical little character. If he stayed that way for like the whole movie. People would people would have been bemoaning him as the worst thing to happen to Star Wars ever, you know? Right, yeah. Just like just like Jar Jar, mm-hmm. you know, because there wasn't the reveal like you know like that. So it, right. it, it made me go, hmm, that, that is a good point. My favorite, yeah. my favorite part of that was how he was saying like every time Jar Jar does something to change the course of the Star Wars movies, he gestures like he's using the Force, and they like they yeah. have like screen caps of like. Here he is talking to you know the leader of the Gungans, and here he is talking to the Imperial Senate. He's, doing, you know, he's waving and, his hand. You know? Yeah, he's waving his hands, and it's just fun. Yeah, it's really funny. And, 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 and it's almost kind of like they hinted, you know, if if it were true, it was like they hinted at it when uh, 
uh, when Qui Gon is talking to that, uh, oh, what was that little little flying tubby thing? Uh, Watto. Uh, Watto. Yeah, yeah. And, and 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 he's waving his hand, trying to you know convince him to give him the parts, and mm-hmm. they ah, you think you're some sort of Jedi, huh? you know, and and <laughs> and it's, it's not working, but you know it it drew drew attention to the whole hand movement thing, and right. then you see you know Jar Jar doing it through the movie. So I anyway. know. And also, you know, who was the who was the one to give the emperor supreme the power. executive power? That's yeah, right. it's Jar Jar, man. He's the whole right. reason behind the empire. Like yep. either he's, you know, the guy in charge, or he's just a doofus who the you know Palpatine manipulated. But uh, and here he's also Kylo Ren and Luke Skywalker. <laughs> 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 yeah, I heard that too. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear that rumor where Kylo Ren is Kylo Ren? I heard that. I don't know if I Dude, believe that. I feel I like Kylo Ren is is gonna be uh, is gonna be Ben Kenobi. Oh gosh. Yeah, like he's gonna from take the, the mask from the past. Yeah, exactly. He's gonna take the mask off. It's gonna be you and McGregor, and you're gonna be like, what? Mm. That's what's gonna happen. I guarantee it. Hmm. Kylo Ben. Kylo Ben. There you go. That's it. Makes Barker. sense. Exactly. Why would they Over call? Money. Why would they have his last name rhyme? With Obi Wan's fake first name, unless yeah. they intended him to be Obi Wan Kenobi. I actually I saw something that said uh, Kylo Ren, and then it said, <laughs> "Oh my gosh, <laughs> um, Luke, uh, Kylo," and is like Solo and Luke com- No, oh, it's Skywalker and Solo combined. Mm-hmm. Kai, right? Skywalker right. and Low. Kylo yeah. is Skywalker and Luke and Solo combined, which whatever. Yeah. So they had a kid. Is that what you're trying to say? I yeah, think, Luke yeah, and Han. Luke and Han yeah. had a kid. Yeah. They, they figured out a way. No, they didn't adopt. <laughs> they figured out a way to make it happen. They they a straight midi chlorian IV used, directly to the nuts. They used the force <laughs> to make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> midi chlorian IV to the nuts. Yep. That's yeah. what does it. Maybe, maybe someone will write a, an alternate universe uh, Star Wars book or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe one of our listeners is like, there "Oh my go. gosh, oh my gosh." Speaking of alternate universes, <laughs> oh, I got the oh, segue, yes. Alex. Nice, I did it. I, I left it hanging there. I was I, I wasn't got, gonna mention it. Thank I you. I got the Thank segue. You. I did it. <laughs> You did it, man. Oh, you got it. I need to. I need to leave on a high note. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and just leave and let you guys do the rest of it because it's all downhill from here now that I got the segue. But yes, today we are talking about traversing the planes or creating the uh, the planes of your universe, whether they're 727s or 747s or tons of different varieties. That was dumb. It wasn't as dumb as your Ghostbusters stupid joke. The hey last man, that, I I listened to that episode and it got me all over again. It it got me too, but not because of your joke. Yeah, I know. It, it got me because you oh, said my. somewhere out there there's a fan that's just losing it, and and that's what got me because I pictured it and I was like, that's true, and that fan is now being like, oh my god, he just that's me. And now that fan is listening to this episode thinking, oh, my God, they're talking about me again. I need to find these people and leave a dead cat at their doorstep. Right. Yeah. That's Uh, just the logical. I can't wait. Okay. Very meta. Welcome to your uh, your um, interplanar traveling with RPG podcast. I don't know. Uh, My name is Barker. 
And my name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. And I'm. this is going to be like an educational experience for me because I have always been afraid of including the planes in my games. Mm-hmm. And I've done this thing recently in the Winds of Sursaline game where I did that, but I did it without understanding mm-hmm. what the planes are. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to kind of leave it, like, tell me, like, if, if I'm someone that's never even heard of the planes in a, in a in D&D, okay, in a fantasy mm-hmm. setting, mm-hmm. can you explain to me what we're talking about today? No? Okay. All right, well. <laughs> Do you want to take this matter? So the planes are, well, it, the planes comprise the multiverse uh, of, of your game world. And so the planes would be things like, uh, you know, there, there's the, the Feywild and the Shadowfell, which are mirror images of our world. But then there are also things like Celestia, which is like heaven. And there's hell and the abyss, which, you know, have the devils and the demons in there. Yeah. And then there's also uh, planes tied to each of the alignments. You know, the the true neutral plane uh, has, uh, I can't remember what's on the true neutral plane, but like the, the lawful neutral plane is all robots that follow orders completely and things like that. So it's, they're basically embodiments of certain aspects of the world, but they're also completely separate worlds altogether. Mm. Um, and a lot of them don't follow the same... <clears throat> laws and edicts that uh that our world follows so you know a lot of the planes are infinite there's no end to them they go on forever you could walk in one direction and never reach uh you know an end to it so it's their dimensions but it's not like they're it's not like they're alternate timelines or something like that they are things that exist uh, alongside the material plane or our world Okay, so when it comes to like the Shadowfell and the Feywild, mm-hmm. according to the DMG, that's those are like mirrors of our material world. Yeah, where you know you can go into the Feywild and be in the same location as you were in the material plane, mm-hmm. but it'll be different in some fantastic way. Yeah, exactly. And right. you might like you might if you are in a city and you pass into the Shadowfell. Maybe instead of a city, you're standing in the middle of a giant cemetery or like, you know, a giant mm-hmm. mausoleum mausoleum yeah. or something like that. You know, like they are they're mere images, but they're also kind of skewed and uh, warped to be, uh, you know, more in line with that plane. It, it does help to think of them as alternate dimensions because this this concept can be carried into science fiction mm-hmm. and it's been seen in a lot of different uh, a lot of different genres. Like if you look at. um Actually, I've been listening, re-listening to the Dark Tower series Ooh, by yeah. Stephen King, and and um, that involves a lot of these parallel realities that all overlap and inter and, and, and you know um, uh, interconnect with each other in different ways. Right. And so there are there are similarities, but there are also large differences, and they all sort of collect at this nexus called the Dark Tower, and uh, uh, in the uh, the D and D fantasy universe, that place is Sigil. It's this, you know, uh, this great city on uh, that circles around this spire and and um, the city of doors, where basically all these realities sort of connect. And uh, but even in science fiction, you have things like hyperspace and you know parallel um, 
universes which you see a lot in Star Trek every time you know each time um, uh, what's what I'm looking for each sort of uh, flow of time has its own kind of parallel universe so Mm -hmm. all possibilities happen and so each one creates its own universe so it it, there, there are a lot of ways to sort of take the idea of planes or alternate dimensions into almost any genre yeah, and then there's the space between dimensions too. <clears throat> the 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 glue yeah. of the universe where you have like the ethereal plane, which there are spells that allow you to pass into the ethereal plane, which is essentially <laughs> just you're in the space between space. You mm-hmm. know, like you're yeah. you don't exactly exist, but you are still occupying the world. And then there's like the astral plane, which is essentially like space and the elemental chaos, which is you know tying all the elemental planes together. So there's all sorts of. I mean, that's the thing, Barker, is that the planes like a plane is not the same as another plane like they they all operate differently they all have their own ways of existing basically and that is part of what makes them so fun is because like alex is saying it's one of those things where it's like if it's possible it exists in somewhere somewhere in the universe it exists okay so how do you so i can i can get on a plane i can fly to seattle right now that is just traveling on the material plane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you travel to another dimension, another plane? Because I assume that I, I you know, to, it's good to think of these planes as just other places mm-hmm. that are yeah. that you get to in a different way than just walking. Yeah, in a lot of cases, uh, different uh, uh, different settings use doors. Doors yeah. are used heavily in uh, the Dark Tower series. Um, uh, doors are significant in, you know, the the D and D multiverse. So there can be fit these, you know, really sort of physical doors, um, gateways where you can travel through. Um, you can have, you know, other types of portals where you know you might have this uh, kind of like a big stargate sort of ring that people can sort of step through and travel from one to another. And then you have spells that can actually just kind of shift you. And uh, and some people from one to another just you know flip, almost like flipping a switch, where just you personally go from one to the other, it's like you just um, almost like it just kind of switches around you, right? And so th- there's a lot of different ways you could you could do it. I had one where there was a uh, it looked like a really bad thunderstorm, but the thund- the thunderstorm was actually this sort of moving um, uh, tear into this other into this other you know plane and so uh it it was moving across the landscape but if you went into it you ended up in this other place so there's all kinds of things you can use to create a you know a a passage of some kind to another plane yeah i had a uh it was kind of i guess it was kind of a like a portal or a door but it was essentially it was a it was called I called it the planar key and it was this key that you it had different symbols mm. on it for the different planes and depending on in this in the specific room in this wizard's tower you'd put the key in and depending on which direction you turned it when you opened the door you would be stepping through into a different plane and I kind of got that from uh, the uh, Howl's Moving Castle where they have mm-hmm. you know yeah. the the his castle exists in one place. But there are several doors throughout the world that lead into it if you have the key turned in the right direction. Right. That's awesome. Now, okay, so usually we kick off an episode by 
coming up with a bad way to use this in your game or a mm-hmm. tropey way, a cliche way. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I don't, I'd, I'm obviously, I'm, I'm kind of outside here. I'm learning and I'm just going to, you know, at, be asking questions that other people I think might have during this episode, <laughs> really. Uh, so can you two come up with a cliche, boring, overused way to include planes in your RPG? I, w- I would say, like, the one that I see most often is an invasion from another plane. Uh, mm. You know, it, yeah. you know maybe, uh, you know, the uh, the demons in the abyss get a little bit uh, too big for their britches and decide to, you know, like, use the material plane as a freeway, basically, to try and invade other planes or something like that. Like, I even I've done that in the past with campaigns. Yeah. But that's that's definitely one that I see the most of, and that seems the most tropey to me is like, oh, no, like, this plane is invading this other plane. We have to stop it. So that's, like, more yeah. of, like, a global, global event. Right. Yeah. Yeah, if you're looking for a big kind of backdrop for your entire campaign, really. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, another one would be, you know the the sort of big ancient mysterious archway that uh, that's covered with runes and yeah. and uh, um, you know finding something like that can be uh, can be kind of tropic yeah tropic it's in warm, a jungle it's warm it's moist yeah it's humid yep. the archways yeah. are just covered in moss sultry it's sultry <laughs> no, it's... <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you know, just just finding that kind of classic sort of, uh, you know, guardian of forever archway that's uh, right. mysterious and and, uh, um, and it's not that these things can't be used. I mean, there aren't any, there aren't that many really significant. I shouldn't say significant. There, there aren't there aren't too many tropes that that can't be um, uh, fixed with a little bit of creativity, right? I guess. Yeah. So in this case, so I mean. There aren't too many that are that are that overused and bad. If you you do you do a unique spin on it, you know you do, yeah. you do it in your own unique way. Yeah. It's, it's, and you mentioned Alex. You said, you know, when uh, when Matt brought up the invasion idea, you mm-hmm. said, well, you know, that's really good if you're going to use uh, kind of the planes as your overall plot line, or you know, the 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 thing that drives your story, right? And, well, uh, the, if you're going to use the the invade the invasion, if it's a big invasion, it would kind of have to be almost a backdrop to your campaign, or yeah. or you know this this overarching story that <laughs> involves the the characters. Because obviously, an invasion is a big deal. Yeah. Well, know? that's my question. Then is, you know, the planes themselves seem kind of like a big deal. So how mm, do you yeah. how do you incorporate <clears throat> the planes into your game without making that the story? I mean that, or, that should you. That's really the thing too is like when you're when you're talking about the planes like on a universal scale like you're getting into like you know godlike territory where you know it's the same yeah. sort of thing where you're having the gods interact directly with with the player characters. So for me it's I prefer to use the planes in like a small like a small contained scale like one character is able to pass over momentarily or there's a small like uh you know rip in the in the fabric you know which happens all the time you know the 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 mm-hmm. the boundaries between planes especially mirror planes like the Feywild and the Shadowfell and the material plane it's very thin and there's areas where mm. it's um it sort of leaks through it's almost like a it's almost like a like a series of pipes and it's like sometimes <laughs> the pipes are like are really you know they don't leak and they're they're totally solid but sometimes mm-hmm. you like you're walking around and you go oh there's some water damage over here 
Yeah, like, ro- there's yeah. some calcification. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, you're walking around a forest and you're like, these trees are huge. Uh, I think the Feywild might be leaking. Like, you know, you know like there's a little bit of Feywild here. And it's, not, the it's not that there's, yeah. a, there's a giant portal opening up and an army of right. satyrs is coming through or something like that. But it's like, you know, this small, this grove in this forest that is like, you know, has dryads living in the trees. Maybe that yeah. is a little place where the Feywild is kind of leaking through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, see, I, and I, oh, go ahead, Alex, please. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think, I think the thing to make it, um, so that it becomes something, well, something special, I guess, is to make sure that, that the other planes are dangerous because yeah. they really are. I mean, mm-hmm. if you, if you travel to another plane of existence, it is, you know, uh, I mean, the, 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 the very laws of physics are, can be different. You know, you're not going to have someone who's third level going to say the elemental plane of fire, you know, it's, it's just, it, and, and, and that should be kind of the lore of it, where, you know, they might hear stories about people who went there and never came back. You know, it, it, there should be some mystery to it, some mm-hmm. uh, mystique. I mean, you know, in, in I get okay, going back to the, um, like, bad ways to use the planes, I think if it becomes too um, casual, and uh, then, then, that, then that can kind of ruin it. For example, um, like, Go, going to the nine hells, you know. I mean that 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 should be not only a big deal, but it should be fucking horrifying yeah. to anyone to to have to go there, you know, as as part of a campaign, um, you know, and and you, you you should be you know really high level and powerful to even consider going there. Yeah, you know, and you know, so you know when you step through that gate, you know, uh, I remember uh, long ago when we played in the campaign, you know. We were, we were pretty high level, you know, fourteenth, fifteenth level, and we mm-hmm. stepped through this gate into, you know, one of these, you know, powerful planes, and you know, suddenly we were like first level characters again. Half our shit didn't work. There are things there that could just kill us <laughs> with a stare. You know, it was like, yeah, <laughs> it was, you know, you're starting from from from, you know, from square one, and if you're a low level character going into there, you just pretty much just a puff of dust, or you're, or you're hiding behind a rock and, and hoping that no one notices you. Yeah. You know, make these places, you know, terrifying because they would be. Yeah, exactly. And, they're, you know, in the in the Dungeon Master's Guide for 5th edition, you know, they have effects that all of these planes would have on the mm, player characters. Yeah. And some of them are just heavy-duty debilitating effects that would be happening, like, on an hourly basis the longer that you're in that plane. Because you're not supposed to be there. That is, like, yeah. like what you're saying, Alex, is, like, make it dangerous. And it's, like, because... You're not. You are a, a creature of the material plane, and you are not built to exist in this place. You're not. Your, your body is water. not made to withstand these energies, basically. And yeah. I like the idea too of like time and gravity and elements like that being sort of relative to the planes. Uh, that's something that's mentioned in D and D books a lot. Is the idea that like. You could be in the Shadowfell for a couple of minutes, and you come back, mm-hmm. and it's been weeks since you left. You know, like I, yeah. I love that idea, and that can add a lot of tension to a, a, an adventure too. You know, yeah, you have like you have to go into this plane of existence, but you know that time moves so differently here that you, your time is extremely limited. Yeah, so you you have to get things done fast. You can't. It's like that scene in Interstellar. Or, 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was that was I was going to mention that. That's a that was a great example. Yeah. So okay, so you know, I in the when I when I was opening up the Dungeon Master's Guide and I was kind of looking at this stuff, one of the things that I, you know, I was looking at was how to travel between planes. Mm-hmm. And the thing that really caught me was this key idea. Yeah. This you know, and and Matt, you mentioned a key already. Um just this idea that there's this item that can open up a portal or you know some sort of place uh, or some sort of doorway or uh, you know to another plane another dimension and and you know in the in the winds of sir Celine, that's kind of what i've run with i've i have a uh a person on the material plane who is, or a person in the shadowfell who's trying to come to the material plane so he's opening up portals to try to come through but there's a person on the material plane with another key that's been closing those up by opening up his own portals to the Feywild and just kind of clogging the the Shadowfell portals. So, mm-hmm. as convoluted as that might seem, let me ask you a question, Matt. Honestly, mm-hmm. what could I do better to portray <clears throat> the planes of existence, like the Feywild and the Shadowfell? What could I do better to what could I do to better portray those in my Winds of Sirsalim game? Um I mean, I don't know. I I have been fairly happy with it thus far, and I like I like that the, you know, the Andrew Wood that forest in your world is sort of like just a forest on steroids at this point because of all the crazy Feywild energies, um, and I imagine I have a theory that the that the vampire that we were dealing with was there as a result of the Shadowfell portals being open. So I think that you you already have you know, the Shadowfell and the Feywild bleeding into the material plane, because even if the portals are being closed, they are open for a time. And mm-hmm. it could be that that's enough time for things to slip through um, and take hold in the material plane. So I think just keeping that up, making it prevalent that, you know, hey, a portal opening to another plane of existence is kind of a big deal. It, it has it has major effects on the material plane. And it's something that, uh, you know, would catch the attention of a group of adventurers who were trying to preserve, you know, peace in the mm-hmm. realm. Okay, cool. And yeah, that's yeah. A, that was a very good call on the vampire, man. That's exact. That's exactly it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Called it. <laughs> Called it. Too bad you killed her. Yeah, I did. <laughs> super nice dead. One. Super dead. Nice one. <laughs> yeah. It's also important to consider that some portals might have guardians, yeah. And and that's something cool that can work too and, and be a threat. Um uh there's one part in the in the book I'm listening to where there's a a portal in in a haunted house and uh uh this person has to has to they know they have to get through it. And but the house itself is a living entity that's trying to prevent anyone from, from accessing this portal. And so you can have uh, all ki- all kinds of ways to have set up guardians to prevent people from going back and forth. Thus, you know, not only making it tougher to get through, but making giving it uh, some personality. I like that guardians. Um, uh, there's a you would know this, Alex, in the Dresden mm-hmm. Files. Yep. The Never Never. That's basically the Feywild in a way, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah, very similar. Yeah, Except and and, and, and it is parallel. And that uh, uh, Dresden Files is another great example too. In that. Um, they they uh, uh, they they open portals to never never wizards, and uh, and the places line up not by geography but by relationships. Mm-hmm. 
Like at one point in the books, uh, spoiler alert to anyone who hasn't read them, uh, Harry has to open up a gate into um, into Hades, basically into into the halt into the vault of Hades. Okay, mm-hmm. Hades has a vault that he has to get into, and so he has to find he has to go into a a big mob boss's vault and break into that so he can access it because that's the closest parallel on in our world to that vault. So he has to find a place that has a, a kind of a, a symbolic relationship to it. Right. Yeah. And so uh, anytime, anytime, anytime you open a, 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 this this portal to the Never Never. Um, you're going to come out someplace that has a relationship to where you're, where, wherever you open it. I always imagine, you know, this, let's say there's this kid that always climbs out of his window and he runs out to the woodshed and he hides there whenever, you know, his, his dad's getting angry. And, you know, so in the parallel, you know, dimension and the never, never, or the Feywild mm-hmm. or whatever, you'd see kind of this, 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 uh, this woodshed and there's a window there. And when you climb through the window, you're in that kid's bedroom. Kind of yeah. like that's how they're connected in that mm-hmm. kind of emotional way. Yeah, I like that. That's like oh. a, it's like magical sympathy where you have a, a you yeah. know, an object or a place that is directly connected to something elsewhere. And I like right. the idea mm-hmm. of uh, like an object. Like if you picked up like a particular sword or even something mundane like a cup, you know, and it's like. Yeah. This is actually tied directly to an identical object, you know, in the Feywild or in the Shadowfell or, you know, floating in the astral plane or whatever. There were a couple of the good movies in the 80s called uh, there was House and House 2. I don't know if you guys ever saw those. Yeah, did we talk um, about uh, we talked about those the... last uh, last episode. Yeah, did we? Those are the hor- the horror movies about the Vietnam dude? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um and, and that's another <laughs> great example that's another great example of a place being sort of tied into Yes. Th- these uh, these other dimensions where, um, you know, passing through a door, you know, one way takes you one place, passing through a door a different way takes you another place. And uh, maybe maybe you have to turn the turn the doorknob one way to go one place and a different way to go another. So, I mean, there's all sorts of ways you can. Uh, and these are all things that the players uh, might have to figure out. You know, no, mm-hmm. wait a minute. We just came through this door. Why did we end up here now? <laughs> right, yeah. I, I don't I don't remember being here before. <laughs> I, I like the I like the idea that objects can be tied to other planes and things like that. I I think didn't they do mm-hmm. something yeah. similar with with that to like um in like Harry Potter or something? Am I missing like the the oh, crap? I am. Were, are, you think, they, are, you, are you thinking of the port keys? That's exactly what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, port keys were sort of uh, uh, these these strange teleportation devices. You, they could you can you could enchant almost anything, and and usually they they enchanted a piece of garbage so the muggles wouldn't want it want to pick it up. So it might yeah. be an old tin can or a, a, boot. a boot or something like that. And then, uh, but a lot of times they're programmed so that you know if just you touch it, nothing's going to happen. If just someone else touches it, nothing's going to happen. You both have to touch it, and then poof, you both you're both brought there. Yeah. To the to the Quidditch match. Yeah. To the Quidditch match, right. That's they, that's the only place they go. Dude, I'm losing so <laughs> many nerd points today. I'm like, I don't know what the planes are. What is that in Harry Potter? <laughs> that like? Te- technically, they also went to Voldemort's grave. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but if you, if, you have, if you don't know the Harry Potter series at this point, it's your own fault. Yeah. 
<laughs> J.K. Rowling's making a play. Yeah, I know. Is she? Yep. Yeah, a two-parter play about um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's the uh, it's about Harry's son. Yeah. Oh, neat. And then she's also writing a, a series of movies that's going to take place like before Harry Potter uh, that has American wizards in it. Hmm. And it's like the mm-hmm. turn, turn of the century wizards in America. What did <laughs> turn of the century wizards? That's actually kind of cool. Yeah, it's called. Uh, I think it's called Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. That's yeah, gonna that's be pretty cool. I like that it's not. It's not gonna be like, you know, <clears throat> Episode One, Voldemort. You know, and have like the rise and fall <laughs> of Tom Riddle or something like that. I'm glad that they're just <laughs> doing something completely different. Entirely anyway, different. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. One of the uh, one of my favorite examples of a like a something planar that really affects a world <clears throat> is actually from the Warcraft franchise. Mm-hmm. And this is like cool. original Warcraft, like you know mm-hmm. pre World of Warcraft. But the the entire uh, that entire world is affected because the orcs are on a different planet, and they build a gigantic portal it's like a gigantic doorway this huge arch and they mm-hmm. they sacrifice like thousands of people to fuel this door with life energy and the door opens up into the human world basically and the the mm-hmm. entire reason why the orcs do this is because their planet is dying they're running out of food they're running out of water they have nowhere else to go and it turns into a war because you know, tens of thousands of hungry, desperate orcs come charging out of a gigantic portal and you assume, oh, we're being invaded. And mm-hmm. humanity destroys that portal and then the orcs are trapped on the planet. And that sort of sets up the entire sort of, you know, 15 games to come or whatever. But I love that idea <laughs> of like, hey, things are coming out of this portal. Like, yes, we need to close the portal, but also we don't want them stuck here. Like, we don't have to deal yeah. with all of the things that have come through the portal. So it's like, how do you, how do you, you know, maneuver that situation? That's a really, that, yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. And that's kind of like what you said, the invasion trope. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's one of the earliest forms, right? Exactly. Well, and it, but it's done, it's mm-hmm. done really well because, Yes, the orcs are invading, but they're invading because they're also just looking for a, a new place to live because their planet is it's like a Krypton type situation, you know. Right. One one of my favorite stories and this is probably I mean this is sort of on on the same line of this subject and I mean it might be exactly I don't know, I don't have any clue, but one of my favorite uh plot lines is a video game called Planet Side where uh these, you know, these colonists uh from earth they go to this planet called araxis and they they go through this wormhole right that's how the almost like a portal that's how mm-hmm. they get there and they all get there and then the wormhole closes mm. and they're stuck there and the whole the game takes place on that planet as these three factions you know they come about and they're all fighting each other and you know there's technology on the planet and stuff like that but you know a wormhole i mean that's that's basically a sci-fi portal, am I right? Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yep. And in fact, there's there was a uh, there's a, a hypothesis they're working on for trying to see if it's a theory that uh, black holes are actually portals to another universe. Right. And mm-hmm. and the, and this is not sci-fi. This is something they're actually considering that that could be true. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's it's uh, very cool concept. 
I think it's kind of like a universe is balloon, a balloon sort of thing that's being <clears throat> filled by this black hole kind of thing. Well, I think I think the idea is that a black hole, uh, and it's it's a new theory, so uh, I'm, I'm not as uh, versed on it. But the that when a black hole forms, it creates a new universe outside of our own, kind of like bubbles off ours, like mm-hmm. so that it's it's possible that the the Big Bang that created us was a black hole in another universe. Right. Mother of God. <laughs> I'm way too high for this right now, Alex. <laughs> You're freaking me out. <laughs> littering and uh, littering and. Uh... So I, I have a question for you guys. Indeed. Cool. What is your favorite plane in like in the like the traditional like D and D mythos of planes? Hmm. Crap, I guess I got it. Hold on, let me g- open up Google so I can. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll start there. I'll give you a chance. I, I, well, I guess I guess for me, it, it could be kind of a cheat, but I, I love this the city of Sigil. Uh, Sigil uh, it's a relatively is so new. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's a relatively new addition, but it ju- it just has this great sort of. Uh, uh, I, 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 of course, I always loved cities like that that were at 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 these various nex nex is nexuses a, a plural is it nexi I'm nexi not sure. i'm not but, sure that's a good one but um it's at a nexus of 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 everywhere basically and i always love places like that you know places that were at the cross you know at these massive cross trading crossroads or um you know in in the place where th- four you know areas of four continents meet you know i just love these kind of places because they end up being um a a real mixture of cultures and races and um influences and powers and and so sigil is sort of the ultimate version of that i mean where you have the possibility of even seeing gods walking the streets and uh um it's just really a uh, it's just a cool location. It is. Um, it is. So, it, it's relatively new. In in uh, well, when I say relatively new, I mean so, since D and D originally came out, but right. uh, relatively new in the D and D universe. Yeah, it's the Planescape campaign setting, which <clears throat> yeah. allows you to just kind of you know shoot around the different planes and stuff. And it also there's a uh, one of my favorite D and D video games is Planescape Torment, where you play as a <laughs> mm-hmm. a guy that wakes up in the mortuary in Sigil, and like have you have to find out where you came from and all that kind of stuff. So it's really awesome. Yeah, well, I love the I love the myth. I love the uh, a lot of the culture that they built into the whole Planescape. Yeah, you know, the terminology they use, the the different factions. Yeah, um, it's really rich. It's just like a really rich, dense campaign setting, and I love all the lore behind it. I had I had a uh, a camp uh, my my own personal world is connected to it because I love Sigil so much, and there was a uh, uh, a, pl- a wizard who was helping defend this this keep, and uh, the uh, he owed the the PCs a big big favor, and so he gave them this uh, this mirror that he told them you know. Uh, when you know it, when you when 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 they're making the final assault, you know take off this, the cover from the mirror, but not before, you know wait till the, wait till you see them, wait till they can see the mirror, take the cover off the mirror then and don't look at the mirror, whatever you do. 
So they're like, okay. And so they set it up out front, you know, right, right behind the doors when they're going to burst open. The doors burst open. They take the cover off and just hundreds of men just suddenly just are, are cut to pieces. They just, they just fly into bits. You know, their body parts just, them just slaughtered. And, uh, what he had was, uh, 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 the mirror had captured one, one, uh, one brief image of, uh, um, of the lady from, from, uh, from Planescape, uh, from, oh, you know, right. from Sigil. Yeah. And so it, it, it was, it, it was, it, it had a moment of a glance from her that basically just cut all these people to pieces. Oh man, that's and, awesome. And, uh. And, and yeah, so it was it was it was a one use thing, but uh, it 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 uh, it stopped the siege anyway. But yeah, That's that was awesome. fun. So I think I'm really digging on just the inner planes because mm-hmm. I really like the idea that you know there's a lot going on in the material plane, but it all comes from the different parts of other planes, you know uh, that. You know, you know, positive energy or negative energy. You know, uh, a plane of. If, you guys jump in and tell me if I'm wrong, but like uh, the planes of air and water and light. You know, right. uh, yeah. earth and fire mm-hmm. and how like little bits are taken from each of these very specific planes that are that are just made of one element, mm-hmm. and they're all kind of collaborating to build the material plane. Yeah. Hmm. I think yeah. that's dope as shit, man. Yeah, I like that. That's really cool. I love the elemental planes, um, mm-hmm. and I, you know all the all the creatures and items and stuff that come from those planes are always really cool too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's always fun to bring in new elements and the occasional raw material from from these places as well. It gives a, um, you know, so rather than just having a, a suit of armor made of of steel, you can have it made from uh, this this you know planar ore that. You know, may not give it any extra power, but it looks really cool. Yeah, you know, exactly. Sort of or like, a, you know, a sword that was forged with fire from the elemental plane of fire or something like that. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Forged with yeah. magma. With one, 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 magma. <laughs> one important point, too, is that, you know, we're looking at the big planes, but a plane of existence can be small. Oh, yeah. I mean, techni- technically, if you look at, like, a spell like Rope Trick, it creates this little pocket universe almost. And, mm-hmm. and so... Um, uh, uh, a while back I played, uh, I ran, um, Return to the Tomb of Horrors and a Sererak had created his own little pocket universe, like right at the edge of the negative, um, uh, at the, uh, the negative energy plane. And so, you know, uh, you you can create these, you know, there can also be these really small demi planes that, uh, that. A powerful wizard or a demigod can create for specific purposes. So there's all kinds of options for that. Matt has a gong, I think. Indeed, on, on his side of the microphone. I have, that a, just I have a gong. I don't know. If, well, I don't know if you guys heard it, but I heard a pong. Yeah, I heard that too. That wasn't me. No, that, that was me. I'm afraid. Oh, you, you know, what you should have done. You should have said gong. it wasn't you, and they just like. We're like, I don't know what you're talking about, Bart. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? I didn't hear anything. <laughs> I was going to say, my favorite plane is the plane of gongs. So, <laughs> Oh. It's kind of um, weird. So, see, this would have been a good point for my favorite plane is the Boeing 747. That would have been a good point for the joke, I think. 
a better point for the joke, I think. Mm. Yeah. A slightly maybe have okay so let's answer a question from the listeners um we're, we, we might have to a- answer a couple because the likes are spread out uh you can go to facebook.com slash roll up and die and every monday or tuesday we'll post what we're going to be talking about and you can post your questions there and the one with the most likes gets answered and right now we have a three-way tie with three likes oh okay okay right. so I'm people up for, i'm up for a three-way sure <laughs> <laughs> that got me what can you do to give other planes and the beings there a sense of wonder and excitement instead of it being just another day of adventuring in a new place just another day on the plane of fire (laughs) day at the office (laughs) what do you guys think uh well certainly certainly accentuating the physics differences of a place you know whether it's this greater gravity or um that um you know things move differently you know try try to try to try to really stress the fact that this is not where they're from Mm -hmm. i think is, is is a good start i feel like a good start would be uh, you know, and this is again. I, I don't know much about planes, but I know a bit about description. And mm-hmm. you know, if I'm going to the plane of fire, don't <clears throat> tell me that I see fire everywhere. Describe to me how <laughs> freaking hot it is, yeah. like to the point where I've got to take off armor because, like, it's just I'm going to die. Yeah. You know, because it's like really yeah, describe yeah. through the senses what's happening, not just well, you see a bunch of rocks everywhere because you're on the earth plane. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I don't actually. <laughs> I don't know how better to describe that, actually, so that's probably a bad example. <laughs> well, shit, I don't know, guys. It's Earth. It's a bunch of rocks, uh, to be honest. You've never seen so many damn rocks in your life. Well, and uh, the other thing, too, is, like, think about what cities would look like on a particular plane. Like, like Barker, you used the example of the Plane of Fire. There's a city called the City of Brass in the uh, in the Plane yeah. of Fire, which is, a, you know, this giant brass city just, you know— forged by this fire and there's salamander and fire elementals and all sorts of cool stuff that Mm -hmm. live there and so it's like think about like what what do the beings on this plane look like what do they wear are their weapons are their tools any different how do they go about their daily lives and what do what do the settlements look like if there are any Mm. you're definitely right about the descriptions though i mean for example like Let's take the 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 elemental plane of fire. You're looking across this vast plane at the at the city of brass, and and everything is is, is rippling from the heat just rising from the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you see, uh, uh, maybe even the the things they're carrying sort of begin to heat up. Um, I w- I would presume that if they're going there, they have to have some sort of protection anyway. So let's say they have some sort of magical protection to keep them from SPF from, fifty. You're right, <laughs> five thousand. Yeah. yeah, to keep to keep from catching fire. Um, but maybe they, maybe you know, someone takes up their sword and their sword sword begins to sort of turn, you know, a dull red from the heat or something like that. I mean, you can really, um, uh, uh, you know, stuff that they're carrying is beginning to actually melt. You know, that sort of thing. You mm, can really right. have a, a a very intense. Um, uh, description of the whole thing maybe weapons are melting that's a really yeah yeah you know if you bring your your long sword to the plane of fire you know you're going to be swinging around a a molten just squirt gun (laughs) (laughs) made out of liquid terminator 
So, mm-hmm. uh, how about another plane? Okay, how about let's we've talked about fire. Mm-hmm. How about you know? I actually I think Earth is a difficult one <clears throat> because we kind of live on it. Right. So mm-hmm. how do you describe the Earth the the plane of Earth the Earth plane? Hmm. Like I was, if it's just rocks. I was ahead. I was imagine it being very mountainous, very craggy, um, you know, maybe even a little bit desert like. Uh, and I imagine that all of the buildings, all of the cities and stuff would just be kind of carved from the earth. Like it's not like they they quarry stone and then carry the stone and then build a building with it. It's like no, they they carve it out of mountains. Like so I yeah. imagine that everything is just is of the earth and connected to it completely. Nice. I, I imagine this being, you know, very heavy gravity, so everything weighs more there. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I also imagine lots of, of other minerals, like huge crystal forests, you know, these these massive crystals just coming out of the ground. Um, but not just, you know, the flat ground in front of you. Perhaps there's, there's, uh, the, the ground actually kind of curves up and around, and um, there are these little sort of islands of worlds sort of floating above you like you know these spheres with things walking on those so you could have um just you know there, there would literally be earth all around you in the form of these places the form of dust and dirt um uh rock debris i mean you can really um i, th- I think it, it needs to feel heavy and claustrophobic is what you know the the what i would be trying to push for I always cool. imagine the plane of Earth having lots of gemstones and crystals and stuff too. Yeah. I think that would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like the—I uh, don't know if you guys have seen the uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, but the Earth Kingdom. Yeah. You know they have these big stone castles, and everything is lit with these like glowing green crystals. I always imagine the plane mm-hmm. of Earth kind of looking like that a little bit. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Yeah, I hope that helps you, Jeff. Um, and uh, the next question is from Lewis. Uh, what's a good way to get started on Planner Travels as a new GM who has never played in a game with it? Uh, you basically just throw in a bunch of portals into your setting. That's really... <laughs> just, just put them everywhere, dude. Give a guy a freaking uh, tuning fork and just say, yeah, dude, it, op- it opens portals. <laughs> Matt, that's Alex? The, that's the Barker method. That's the Barker. What, I, like the, I like the idea Matt sort of talked about where, where one plane is leaking into the next... Um, so, uh, kind of introduce it with, uh, where they experience the plane kind of indirectly, perhaps mm-hmm. going into a particular area that this one plane is leaked in and maybe they can even see parts of the actual plane from there, but they know how dangerous it is and sort of, you know, uh, build up to it. You want to, you want to make sure that they understand from the beginning how, how dangerous this place is. And that going there is 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 insane unless you absolutely have to. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, cool. Yeah, I, I definitely like the idea of uh, planes leaking under the material <clears throat> plane, um, and that's actually kind of what I always thought it was. You know, because in you know in uh, in Forgotten Realms you have kind of floating uh, mountains mm-hmm. uh, in the sky, and that's kind of where the Feywild touches uh, the. Uh, the material plane, right? I mean, that's, I think that's how they describe it is this is where they intersect. They intersect. Right. They, and so it creates this, these fantastical regions. So, you know, sometimes you can travel maybe through these holes in the pipes. Yeah, exactly. 
Okay, so Richard, our final question, asks, mm -hmm. how do you distinguish one plane from another? Obviously, if you go from heaven to hell, you notice right away. But if your players traveled from Faerun to Kryn, okay, that's Forgotten Realms to Dragonlance, the mm -hmm. players might not know it was planar travel instead of teleportation until someone says, what on Kryn are you doing? <laughs> So well, that's, that's like tra traveling from material plane to other yeah, material that's, plane. Yeah, that's more of like a spelljammer type thing where you're traveling from, mm -hmm. from campaign setting to campaign setting. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it is more difficult with if you're if you're going from, you know, Kryn to Faerun or, you know, because yeah. uh, they are very similar feeling. But, I mean, they, they have their differences. I, I've never been a fan of doing something like that. Like, all right, well, we're done in Faerun. We're gonna go to Greyhawk now. It's like, yeah, I don't really like. I don't really like that idea, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind. I don't mind parallel, uh, you know, parallel places like that. Um, I think uh, it depends how how dramatic you want to make it. Like, uh, if they if they step through a portal unwillingly or unknowingly, and they end up someplace that that they hadn't intended. Um, you can, you know, if you want it to be a slow burn, you could start it up very subtly. Like maybe they notice that they feel a little heavy, <laughs> you know, because maybe the gravity is a bit different there. Um, maybe the air has, is, is lighter. So they're having a hard time breathing. Maybe they, they, you know, you can work in little subtle things here and there. Maybe there are plants they haven't seen before. Oh, mm -hmm. that's interesting. Um, and then, then you can hit them with bigger stuff like, they, uh, you know, they, they finally make camp. Night comes, and they look up at the sky, and two moons rise instead of the one they're accustomed to. It's like, oh, right, yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah. different. That right yeah. there is the jackpot. That's what you do, man. Yeah, you you knock it out of the park with the with the the celestial objects. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and or the constellations, and 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 you can kind of kind of build up to that to that uh, you know crescendo where at that moment they're like, oh. <laughs> you know, yeah. and that's where you, and that's kind of where you end the session. You know, so that they uh, can think that's about your, it for the for a week. <laughs> that's your big reveal. That's your. That's right. You know, you start yeah. off small. Yeah, you feel a little bit heavier, like you ate too much <clears> last <throat> night. You know. Yeah. You know, so, you know, some just the grass looks a little greener, um, or less green, and then you know, start to, when it gets to nighttime and you're camping, and all of a sudden two yeah, the moons yeah, rise. Should, yeah, the, the moon's rising. Uh, yeah. Oh wait, there's another moon rising. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> Mother of God. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't see yeah. that coming. <laughs> so, idea you uh, we're approaching on an hour, but an idea that you can steal. Um, got to do, do that. You, what do you guys want to do? Like, I, I, it's up to you guys. I mean, do we want to make a plane? We could. Or do we I mean, want to, or do we want to make some sort of like adventure involving the planes? Or it could be a portal. Or a portal. Yeah. Hmm. We could uh, invent. I, I, you know, I like the idea of an uh, an adventure. Well, let's do both an adventure and a plane. We can go over an hour. Okay. Come on, we're rolling yeah, up and die. We yeah, can do whatever we want. That's right. We can do anything we want. We do whatever okay. we want. We can do whatever we want. Whatever, whatever we want. Yeah, whatever. Okay, that is Matt. Yes. Oh, which one so are we doing we're, first? Uh, whatever, whichever one you want, sweetie. Oh God. All right. <laughs> okay. So this plane, it's. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of draw some inspiration from something Alex said earlier. So this is a this is a lesser elemental plane. So you know how you have your four main elemental planes, and then there's kind of the planes in between those planes. Like there's the what is it the uh, those the, the, the quasi elemental. There's like the the great furnaces that are like half fire, mm -hmm. half earth, stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm th what I'm magma. Thinking, 
what with magma yeah what this I'm, is what well this is actually what the the i'm sorry this is the, what the site is saying is that in between earth and fire is magma in between earth and water is ooze in between water and air is ice mm-hmm. oh okay it's, all right so okay so anyway what i'm thinking is an elemental plane of metal uh so when the uh, if the pcs arrive it's basically everything is made of metal and even like there's plants that are like grass that's made of like like razor grass made of you know blades sticking up out of the ground and the very earth beneath your feet is like you know metallic in nature and uh it's roamed by constructs and uh artificers who have come to create constructs and learn uh the ways of of creating things like golems and shield guardians and uh different mechanical objects and there's so much metal here it's like it's like the opposite of dark sun like you 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 just like bend down and pick up a piece of metal and you have it you know so it's a i imagine that it might be it might be one of those planes that is in between the fire and the earth plane or something like that where it's like you know it's Mm -hmm. it's it's the the ore of the earth that has been forged by the fire of the elemental plane of fire that is some nice that is dope that is awesome i like that cool that's really cool i like the 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 grass you know the blades just sticking out of the ground Mm. yeah yeah okay that's a two so that's me I'm going to say it rains mercury. Oh, God. And That's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Bring an umbrella, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and, man. yeah, and, and, um, you know, that's, that's it. I'm going to, I'm going to say that it rain, there are mercury storms in this place. And, uh, I'm going to throw the rest to Alex to just finish up this plane. Sure. Um, well, uh, I was, I was going to kind of tie it into a portal. Um, yeah, go for it. And, and I was going to say that the, uh, the the portal is actually a machine, and it, and it was uh, and it was it was created by a construct who was uh, who was trying to um, uh, uh, trying to f- basically find a god of constructs that doesn't exist, mm. and so he's been searching for this. So he builds this inc- this massive machine in this. Uh, uh, in this underground chamber, and it's it has you know it's it's just covered in 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 gears and uh, and huge uh, uh, lodestones that 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 kind of circle around it on these uh, on these tracks and and in the middle uh, it opens this uh, uh, this this kind of silvery shimmering portal and uh, and that um, uh, just sort of hovers three feet you know or so above the ground. Um, and, uh, he is again, attempting to find, um, a, uh, a construct, you know, a, a God of constructs basically. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. Um, I like the shimmery metal portal. Yeah. I imagine it, it kind of being like, uh, in the <clears throat> matrix when Neo touches the mirror oh, and it becomes, yeah. and it becomes yeah. liquid. Mm, that'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. How can you speak if you have no mouth? Mm. <laughs> the ring must be destroyed in the fires of Mount Doom, Mr. Anderson. All right. Freaking love that guy. Dude, I love Hugh, Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving is my jam, dude. I love him. He's so he is. good. My, oh. my, my, my favorite beyond those, though, was in uh, V for Vendetta. Yes. Yeah. Definitely by far one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. That's Yeah. I, I love that movie. 
God, I love that movie. Anyway, it, it, I left that theater and I wanted to paint red A's everywhere. <laughs> or red V's, excuse me. <laughs> A for Mario Andretta. Uh, what? That was what? dumb as shit. Uh, okay, so the next idea we're going to do... how disgusted you were with yourself over that. <laughs> Dude, I've been disgusted with myself God, all day. That was I've dumb. Been... Shit. <laughs> I've been so excited for this podcast for the last two hours, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. And I sit down, and I'm like, God, Barker, you sound like a dumbass. What are you talking about? <laughs> so no. let's make an adventure that has something to do with the planes. Sure. This yeah. is going to be difficult for me, but uh, hopefully I don't go first. And I have to go first. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. Tie it if you tie it to the metal plane. We'll, we'll clean it up. Bark. Don't worry. Okay. Make up anything. We'll clean it up. Yeah. Okay, um, we're going to start, it starts, um, oh shit, on the material plane, it starts raining mercury. Oh, God. And that's that's kind of the hook, like what's happening. This is very awful and dangerous and, and not, not fun. That was a one, so that doesn't count. That was a five, <laughs> so that's Matt. So I imagine that... Um... The rain is happening in a specific kind of area. Like, it's not like a global sort of thing. And so the adventurers are able to kind of pinpoint where it might be happening. And uh, they find themselves at some sort of mining operation. And, you know, they go and talk to the foreman. And I imagine the foreman is like, yeah, we don't we don't really know what's going on. We, uh, we broke into a new chamber uh, the other day, and there's something down there. And the adventurers are like, well, what is it? And he goes... I'm not sure. <laughs> and they go down there and they find the giant machine door that uh, Alex was talking about. And that sort of liquid metal, silvery looking portal is rippling quite a bit. Ooh. Nice. Nice. You got to roll it until Alex I just, is his turn. I'm just doing it. Hold on. <laughs> it fell off the table. Oh, it doesn't count. You got to roll it again. Yep. Okay. Um, Alex. All right. So um, <laughs> they, finding the notes uh, 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 from this, uh, the person who created this portal, they find out that um, he, uh, he, he couldn't shut it down, that something, is, that something is powering it from the other side, and that it's only going to get worse. That it's just going to keep expanding if if uh, if the if the machine isn't shut down or if the portal isn't shut down from the other side, so they they have to go through. And on the other side, um, they uh, uh, they end up tracking down the uh, the creator of this portal to um, uh, to this this huge fortress. Uh, made of made of uh, of steel and and uh, brass and copper and all these metals sort of forged into it in this uh, uh, and inside is the uh, the one who um, this creator thought would be his god but it turns out to be almost a, a demon who is uh, uh, sees these constructs from the prime as as um, as abominations that must be destroyed. They're not true living constructs like they, like, like he knows. And so, um, his, his, uh, um, his goal is to sort of, you know, uh, break through into the other, into the prime, uh, and, uh, uh, ultimately destroy the, all the constructs that, uh, that exist and, um, 
the probably even take over because the, he's evil. So awesome. they do. That's <laughs> awesome. Awesome. That's all. That's that. The only thing we're missing is the tavern. That's freaking great. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Matt, I have a quick question, dude. I've yeah. mentioned raining mercury twice, uh-huh. and both times I mentioned it, you're just like, oh Jesus. Because that, like, ju- that just sounds t- so terrible. Like that. Like, oh God, it just sounds so <clears throat> bad. I feel like. Do you have a mercury experience? No. You just. You could just imagine it sucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just. I just imagine it sucks. I mean, mer- mercury is. You know, is pretty poisonous and i imagine that if it if it rained even for a few seconds you know it it would it would render you know drinking water undrinkable it would you know kill livestock kill plants it would just it would it would completely desolate an area yeah yeah Yeah. well it's interesting you mentioned the the plane of metal too because i think there was a um an article i was reading that there's a a a planet that uh that they were talking about that that could actually have things like you know metal rain that oh sort of God. thing, you know, molten, molten metal rain on we, this. Uh, it's 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 a planet that no longer has a sun, and mm. it's just sort of drifting through the universe on its own, and 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 uh, yeah, it's 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 <laughs> it sounded pretty horrific. We have to land <laughs> but, uh, on this planet and play guitars <laughs> on that planet. Like that is that's just the most. <laughs> Literally the most metal thing I've ever heard. I, 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 I really had to resist when when you were talking about the plane of metal to not yeah. do a Bill and Ted thing. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> we need to send Metallica into space. They must play a concert on this planet. This dead planet floating through space with molten metal rain. God, that's so awesome. <laughs> so red. So before we close out, I just want to share just just one more thing uh mm. matt you are absolutely right about the vampire and the you know coming out of the shadow fell in the small yeah. period of time cool. that the portal was open and i just simply cannot wait for you to see the next thing that comes out of that <laughs> is it gonna be oh i'm not gonna tell you i think i know what it's the gonna next be. things that come out of that i think i know what it's nice. gonna be richard simmons yep damn it Let's go. <laughs> We're like, no. All you hear is just old, crappy oldies music, and people are just getting fit everywhere, <laughs> all around Sir Celine. Can't be all just. bad. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much for tuning in to Roll Up and Die. Uh, your, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, your, your super yeah. metal podcast that has <laughs> things to do with RPGs occasionally. Um, my name is Barker. <laughs> And my name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex, a.k.a. Captain Gothnog. And um, why is this so difficult? You should end it with, like, just a super sick little metal lick. Just like... Yeah, like, I like that, uh, like, a a, a pinch harmonic or a natural harmonic dive bomb, like a Dimebag Daryl, like... Yeah, that's it this show has been produced by roll up and die and is copyright 2015 it is owned by all three of the primary hosts the games movies and other properties mentioned in this show are the property of their respective owners stealing is wrong you can find all three of the hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt is at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Captain Gothnog is at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog. And Barker is at www.beabettergamemaster.com. 
Listeners are free to use this show in any way, shape, or form as long as credit is provided to the Roll Up and Die podcast. Look for other releases of this show at www.beabettergamemaster.com or at facebook.com slash rollupanddie. Have a fantastic day, and as always, happy gaming.